Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Father Hines here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. And today, we are going to talk about nostalgia. The good old days. Do kids know how to have fun nowadays? How long has it been since 
anyone listen to Froggy the Gremlin on the radio? Plunk your magic twanger, Froggy. <laughs> St. George, Maine, where I live, has certainly changed since I was a kid, so you know for sure that what kids do must have also changed. Wilder Oaks says, you know Wilder Oaks the artist, Wilder Oaks says, I was also thinking today of the time I took one of my high school girlfriends to the town dump for a date, and we shot rats with a twenty-two pistol. Too bad you can't rat hunt any more these days. It was great for the reflexes.
And if you ever hung out at the Camden Manor a hundred or so years ago, you remember hearing Claude Noel play that about every night we would play any number of up-to-date, soul-enriching philosophies are now available to anyone able to turn on a radio or television set. The latest one to capture my attention was touted by a man in California, of course, who had taken the mystery out of his life by consulting chicken bones. A middle-aged woman, who who very wisely brought her problems to the bones, reported that her husband had run off with a 17-year-old girl. Then, of course, realizing his mistake, he'd repented and come home for a 30-day breather only to run off again with a 19-year-old. The chicken bones did not hesitate, but immediately observed, Cheer up! He's starting to like older women. Now the girl played hooky from school that day and came down to the stream. 
sat down beside the little Swedish boy, and they began to dream. Hot to crawl, some of the river, and the brawler, brawler, sue it. Hot to crawl, some of the river, and the brawler, sue it. Hot to crawl, some of the river, and the brawler, brawler, sue it. Hot to crawl, some of the river, and the brawler, sue it. Now the brawler is a boy and girl, the hut is a dream. The suet is their teacher, who caught them by the stream. Hot to crawl, some of the river, and the brawler, brawler, sue it. Hot to crawl, some of the river, and the brawler, sue it. Now the boy and girl are back in school, shattered is their dream. The teacher planted poison oak all along the stream. It's a crazy kind of a song to belong to a boy and girl in love with a beautiful dream. But they love to sing, swing, all the live long The Humble Farmer program, probably the only program around where you can hear someone singing Hot Set Ralston on a roller and a brawler brawler. So a song that I haven't heard for a long time. How long has it been since you heard it? I'm the Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If your grandfather has something that he says he's going to give you someday, tell him you want it now. Stick out your hand. Stick out your hand and say, hey, Grampy, put it right there. Thank you. A week or so ago, I misplaced my grandfather's watch, which I have been planning to give to the only one of my sister's kids who has evinced an interest in having it. For years, that watch lived in a drawer, but one day when I went to look for it, it was gone. I'd, I'd hoped the kid would be by this summer to get it. I've dug around, but it didn't turn up for days and days, and it worried me. I knew it wasn't valuable, so... I knew no one would want it. I've seen old watches just like it on eBay for $10. How do senile old people lose things? How do these things happen? Do these inexplicable things only happen to senile old people? And think about this. Have you ever been promised something by some old geezer only to have it fall into the hands of someone less worthy Simply because you didn't step right up and stick out your hand and say, Hey, Grampy, I'd like to have that right now. Thank <laughs> you. 
Scott Hamilton, Dave McKenna, of course, here on The Humble Farmer, where with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite radio station. Thank you for listening. Richard Warner, Richard Warner, who is a very astute person indeed, once pointed out to me that every time we see the scene of a murder in Maine, the yellow tape, you know, the police car, there in the background is a mobile home. Now, I never forgot this, and, and you and I have seen the yellow tape in front of the mobile home over and over ever since. Consider the case of Angela Langbury there, a Langbury, a Columbo, a monk, which is easier to say than Langbury. Every time any one of them gets invited out to a party, you know what happens, somebody gets murdered. Wouldn't you think their phones would stop ringing? I certainly wouldn't want to risk inviting monk over to my place to meet a few of my friends, would you? One day, a man in Boston wrote to the police department that many, many people were getting mugged on a certain street in Boston. This man suggested that the police could stop the mugging by making the street one way. He reasoned that then the muggers would lose their usual route of escape and would be driven to honest jobs as Wall Street bankers or something like that. Now, this man was obviously one of Boston's more astute thinkers. Employing his reasoning, you could eliminate half the murders on TV by making Angela Langbury or Columbo a monk stay at home. And could we not? Ask yourself this question. Could we also eliminate most of the murders in our state by getting rid of the mobile homes? Because the only loss would be to the people who manufacture that yellow police tape. Let's give that some thought.
Bess couldn't help you any more than you could, or right could. Bess couldn't help it, though she tried to be good, oh so good. She's pretty as the heavens above. Oh boy, how that girl could love. A Bessie had affection, and that was simply wonderful. Bess couldn't help it any more than you could, or right could. But when she'd smile, you were bound to fall. That's all. A boy kissed Bessie in a taxi one night. Why, oh, why did she yell with delight? Bess couldn't help it any more than you could, or right could. Bessie couldn't help it. Come on, you couldn't. Yes, I suppose you could do without the singing, but I'm, I'm in a very good mood today. I don't know why. I got up at four o'clock in the morning, not because I wanted to. We're going to talk about here. Oh, my solar panels! I left home about six o'clock in a pouring rain not too long ago, to get some wire so Mike could hook up my last eight solar panels. Ten miles from my destination in Liberty on Route 220, the big flashing sign said, Use 105. Now, I knew they were working on the bridge at that stop sign at the foot of the hill there by that T. So I did use 105. And I went ten miles. And in 10 miles, I was right back where I started from, right back at that sign that says use 105. So you can see how well it was marked by the highway department. I was not a happy camper. So I went on 220 and got through, and I was sweating it because I was running right on the fumes. And when I got up there, I bought 14 gallons of gas and discovered I'd gone 310 miles on the last tank which gave me 22 miles a gallon. Now, I've never put in 14 gallons of gas before. So as I said, I must have been running on the fumes. Imagine, I was scared to death. I was going to run out of the gas out in the woods in Liberty in a pouring rain. Interesting to note that gas was 13 cents a gallon cheaper up in the Searsmont Liberty area than it is in Rockland. Well, anyway, I got the wire and the little connectors I needed in Liberty. I came home, and Mike hooked up, hooked up my last eight solar panels, and now I have, ta-da, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta, 5,300 watts on my hen house every time the sun shines. Mike is pretty fast. Mike hooked up them panels. He's fast, fast. He's fast worker. He knows what I'm doing. I'm I'm amazed. Aren't you amazed that more people don't have solar panels on their barns? (laughs) ¶¶ 
da da. Gonna bring it back to the tonic. Sonny Stitt usually comes back to where he started. Scott Hamilton here on the Humble Farmer. Where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you. Every week at this time, right here on your favorite station. At four o'clock this morning, I was singing. I got shoes, you got shoes, everybody's got to have shoes, but there's only one kind of shoes for me, good old Buster Brown shoes. Now, you might agree with me that four o'clock is too early in the morning to be singing about good old Buster Brown shoes, but there you are. Back around 1945, if you turned on your radio, you might hear, you might have heard smiling Ed McDonald say, plunk your magic twanger, froggy. And I can still hear that magic twanger. And I can still hear Froggy's evil laugh. (laughs) Now, a guest would be on the show, and Froggy would get the guest to say something silly. The guest would start to say something, and Froggy would end his sentence, and the guest would complete the sentence. Now, this, this green puppet, Froggy the Gremlin, appeared in a puff of smoke, and he'd say, Hiya, kids, hiya, hiya, hiya. And Froggy was always interrupting the story of the guest and causing trouble. And the kids would all laugh. <laughs> now, on the original program, Smiling Ed McDonald started the show with, Hiya, kids, followed by the audience singing the sponsor song about Buster Brown shoes. I got shoes, you got shoes, everybody's got to have shoes, so forth. And after his death, Andy Devine then took over the show, and it was on television then, and it's Andy's gang that most young people remember. Of course, by 1954, some of us had already been sworn in as fighting men for our country, right or wrong, and, and we never saw the Andy Divine show. But we never forgot Froggy on the radio or Froggy's Magic Twanger. And I ask you, I don't know if there's anything that can even approximate Froggy and his magic twanger for children today. Que lastima.
long, long ago and far away. I heard a change there I had never heard before. I'd always heard heard a different change there. It was a good change. I like that. Years and years and years ago, I spoke at some New Hampshire agricultural meeting, New Hampshire State Farm Association, something like that. And the man running the meeting was a good guy who got me to do several things over the years. I think his father had been, you might know who I'm talking about, I think his father had been governor in New Hampshire one time, and the name Thompson rings a bell. This was a good 30 years ago. At that meeting, I remember meeting a farmer who told me a funny story that was so good I used it on the stage for years and years afterwards. And my first impression, I still remember, my first impression of this farmer was that he exuded the sweet smell of fresh milk and hay in general and ruminating cow in particular. There's something about the booze magna that adheres to one's person for days after one has collected fresh nutrients for the radishes. Now, if you've ever gone by my farm, you might have seen me out in the field with a bucket and a shovel collecting fresh nutrients, cow nutrients, for my radishes. Scrubbing your hands and showers don't help because this ambience gets under one's fingernails. It gets in one's pores. It gets right in your pores. And a person so anointed can unknowingly lend a sweet ambience to an entire small room. Stop by my office this summer and tell me if this is not so.
Django here on the humble farmer. Oh, it's not time to tell you who you're listening to yet. I got another five minutes before I have to do that. So let's talk about our friends who have all of their things stolen while they're visiting their relatives and friends abroad. And these, our friends call us up or they send us an email from Turkey asking us to send them money so the hotel owner will let them leave their hotel. My sister, who lives up in Oranton, said she got a call like that a couple of years ago. My sister said, this person called me Graham and said he was in Mexico to attend a friend's wedding and needed money sent to him as he had been in an auto accident. Why would anybody be driving in Mexico? and didn't have the funds to pay for the damage to the car and also his trip back home. My sister said, when I asked him what happened to his main accent, (laughs) he hung up. (laughs) Well, let me tell you what I would do. Yes, listen to this closely. You might want to do this. Let me tell you what I would do if I got a telephone call like that from someone called me Grampy. And wanted money. I would say to that person. Hey kid. You went went through the last million I gave you in two months. You ain't getting another cent until your birthday. Girls were made to kiss But Nina never knew Girls are born for this But Nina never knew Sweet surprise filled Nina's eyes She didn't understand When I kissed her hand Then dreams began to stir Deep down inside of her When I whispered things That Nina never heard Nina's heart took wings With every tender word Then suddenly She clung to me She learned to love somehow And I'm so glad that Nina never knew till now. Yes, I'm so glad that Nina never knew till
Yes, I guess it's time now to be able to say thank you, thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. Well, then, like it all, you know, I'm here every week to, every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you, and I thank you so much for listening. Years and years ago, the Booger Boy gave me a huge plastic wall calendar that showed all... 12 months. It was a great big thing, three feet by three feet. And there was a time when I was annoyed when I'd be offered two speaking jobs on the same day a thousand miles apart because, of course, I couldn't do both of them. And I was greedy. I wanted to do both of them. And now I only have two years of a calendar. That's 24 months on a piece of paper that's three by four inches. I must have cut it out of a book or something. And the letters are so tiny, I can... Only see them if I'm wearing glasses. Might be four or five point tight. So I've been making a lot of mistakes. I just made one now. I have no idea. I must have missed something here while I was. You might have noticed what it was. I don't know what it was yet. I'm going to have to figure it out when I get done here. Anyway, I've been making a lot of mistakes with dates. I've been making a lot of mistakes when I make my radio program. And now that I think of it, I don't even have my month calendar on a wall here. And this happens when you move every six months. Some things get lost in the shuffle, and my calendar seems to be one of them. Is it significant that I don't have a calendar on the wall? Or that I didn't realize until now, months later, that I don't have one? because I don't wear a watch, I don't wear a wristwatch. And this is because the battery dies in your watch, and batteries cost more than watches, so you don't even bother to wear a watch. And you finally come to a point in your life when the day, month, or time have no meaning because every day is the same. You morph into an earlier type of animal that eats when it's hungry and goes to sleep when it's tired, and nothing in between really matters. My calendar for 2014-2015 is on my computer. It's, it's sitting here on a piece of paper beneath the screen. And the fact that I can't see the numbers on it doesn't really matter, does it? You might have read years ago when you were a kid that Bix and Pee Wee had a car. Bix and Pee Wee had a car that didn't run. But if you lived out in the country, you had to have a car. So the fact that it run, didn't run, really didn't matter.
because I get up at four o'clock this morning, I'm still feeling pretty good. <laughs> Maybe the secret. Well, it's easy to get up at four o'clock in the morning to go to bed at seven. You've heard me talk about this a lot, and I'm going to talk about it a lot more. I built my own solar water heaters, and I also have now, as of this week, I have 5,300 watts of solar electricity generating panels on my hen house. And because this should benefit you, will you permit me to mention the following? I just paid my monthly internet cable bill, $39.99. I just paid my monthly power bill, $9.36. I just paid my monthly telephone bill, $3.82. Next year, there should be next to no heating oil bill because we will use electric heat. And I add those three things up, and I make it $53.17 for our electricity computer, cable, Roku, commercial-free television, and television bills for a month. $53.17, which, unless you sit in a lotus position and dispense wisdom from the mouth of your mountain cave, must sound to you like a fairly small amount in this day and age. There might be people in Maine who pay more than $53 for any one of the Services I mentioned, electricity, cable, and telephone, with commercial-free Roku television thrown in for good measure. I know, I know for a fact there was a time when my bill for the three was several hundreds of dollars. I was paying hundreds of dollars every month for a tele... I think I had four telephone lines. And although you can't be mentioned by name because I've forgotten who you are, or perhaps I have... May I thank the person or persons who introduced me to Uma, Roku, and solar energy, free energy from the sun. And should you ever decide, listen to me, should you ever decide to take me seriously and save more money than your next-door neighbor by going this route, this solar way, it doesn't matter to me if you forget that it was your buddy Humble who encouraged you on your way. I'm, I'm just happy to see you get ahead. a young girl who suited him nice. He went to his papa to ask his advice. His papa said, son, I have to say no. That girl is your sister, but your mama don't know. Hey, who is me? Shame and scandal in the family. Hey, who is me? Shame and scandal in the family. A week went by and the summer came down And soon another girl on the island he found He went to his papa to name the day His papa shook his head and this time he did say You can't marry this girl, I have to say no The girl is your auntie but your granny don't know Hey, who is me? 
She laughed, she said, go man, go. Your daddy ain't your daddy, but your daddy don't know. Hey, bro, it's me. Shame and scandal in the family. Hey, bro, it's me. Shame and scandal in the family. Hey, bro, it's me. Shame and scandal in the family. I guess that's the end of that. It's almost the end of me, too. I see we got another three minutes here. My wife, Marcia, the almost perfect woman, recently came home with a pretty jacket that cost her a pretty penny at the Salvation Army thrift store. I don't need to boast this around, but we have been invited to a swanky, and that's a Gramp Wiley word. Gramp Wiley was always talking about something swanky. We have been invited to a swanky private art show somewhere, somewhat south of here, and Marcia says she plans to wear this jacket along with black pants. Now, it's really quite a bit south of here, so there's not much chance that someone will come up to her at that swanky art show, look at her pretty jacket and say, gee, I was hoping that someone would find a use for that. Thank <laughs> you. 